I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hi, everyone. We have an amazing guest on today's episode of Beauty Bosses, the beautiful and talented Taryn Toomey, founder of The Class. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Here I am. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I am obsessed with The Class, and I cannot wait to experience it in person, but have you guys seen this all over the place? Um, I feel like everybody is posting about it, and everyone is going to The Class, and I've read that it developed in a really organic way. Yep, it did. And that's, it's interesting. I'm happy that you asked me that question to start because most people say, how did you develop the class? And it just stunts me for some reason. Um, so yes, it, I taught it for two, two years with no name while it marinated in the basement of my building, with n- not with the intention of it being what it is today. But after two years, I gave it the name of the class because I couldn't name it and slowly started building just day by day, not really envisioning that it um, would be the offering that it is today. So very slow, very organic. Technically, been teaching it for seven years, but I like to say it's been a work in progress for 40. It's really like a manifestation of my life, just sharing it. And so for people who've never been to the class, what is it? It is a map-based workout where we use the discomfort of the physical body to get the thoughts in the mind going, understanding that the brain is an organ, as a function, it's creating thought. So we're using the body to get the discomfort, sensation, also known as strength, moving, uh, and then notice thought from a space of consciousness. Um, we're doing one muscle group per song, and then we invite students to close the eyes to get to know where they go when they're in places of change, fill in the blank, whatever you want to call it, the sensation in the legs or the sensation in the arms. Um, and then we get to know ourselves in that space and understand that you can reroute your brain anytime you want. You can give a job, you can recondition or not. Understanding that it's a feeling, it's a thought about a feeling, then you have a choice and then it's action or not. So we're really empowering one through their own body. The thing that I think is really cool about you and the class is that you're, you're really ahead of your time because you started this before it became all about wellness and self-care but wellness and self-care is like the name of the game right now in 2019 and the class predated that I love you for that thank you (laughs) how did you do that tell us your secret I was just in a bit of an inner turmoil that I had been experiencing for my whole life and I was trying to track it and figure out where it came from and heal myself and I've always been one that's gathered groups, always. Like, even when I had my first daughter, I would have playdates with, like, 17 random women. I would post me on a blog, like, come over to my apartment, and people would come, or I would do cleanse programs where I'd be like, you you, you make the breakfast today, I'll make the lunch, we drop it off each other's apartment. So I've always been somebody that's gathered community in order to feel um, alive and inspired. And I've always used music and movement as my medicine to ground myself and to feel um, grounded. So I don't know, I was just sharing the things I loved and people kept coming and then I shared another thing like, you know, how I was eating and people started buying the program and then started doing retreats because I liked traveling and gathering and 
and working out and then having a little tequila at night. So we did that and those work, you know, so. Yeah, and what, it's kind of interesting because the class is actually much more than a fitness program. I feel like 10 years ago, especially in New York City, it was all about going to a fitness class and you'd go to, you know, Soul Cycle, or you'd go to AKT, or you'd go to Physique 57, all of whom, all of which I love, by the way, and I love all the women who are involved in those organizations, but it was all about the class, and then full stop, you were off, you took a shower, you're off to your meeting, off to your day of work, but your class is, the class, the Taryn Toomey class is really different, because it's almost like a lifestyle brand, you have a cleanse program, you do collaborations, you have retreats, you do jewelry stuff, Yep. Oh, I feel like you're everything. Well, all of it comes, and really that is a nod to what I was just saying, that I was just sharing the things that I loved and realized that people enjoyed them as well or wanted a tip or a tool on how to eat differently or the, the whole jewelry line, the heirloom that we have is um, with the intention because my girls loved this one necklace that I always wore and would fight over it and I was saying, you know, who I was going to give it to, sort of pass things down that were really important. I bought it at a certain time in my life and I would touch it to ground myself. So that's the whole intention behind the jewelry line. While it might seem random, it supports the work of like reminder to be present, reminder that there's an intention and that there's also lineage and that came before, you know, before us and the, the current, um, the current way that we are with our children are really creating the four generations. So everything's just kind of a nod back to this cyclical idea of, you know, presence, mindfulness, awareness, understanding where we came from, where we are and where we're going, and then moving the body, using community, using music. Just, I think it just resonates. How many people come to the average class? Um, The one at our studio in Tribeca, we have um, 42 mats, so 42 people usually come up here on the Upper East Side. There's 80. Um, I just taught a 1,200-person class. Um, one of our teachers in Vancouver just taught 1,400 people in Edmonton. JC was supposed to teach it, but we got hiccups in the airport. Um, so it, it's anywhere from you know three people to 1,400 people. Because we're working on the beat, and it's just one movement per song, anyone can do it. And if they want to come and just stand there and breathe, that's also an offer. So people are able to be part of the energy of the room without actually having to be able to do the physicality. And you can do it or not. That's what we say the entire class. Do yeah. this or not. Yeah. Do people come to the class for fitness or do they come for mental wellness? Um, some people come in to start because they think it's about the body and then they end up staying because they realize it's a much different experience. What we're doing in there and what we say oftentimes is that we're practicing life, we're practicing the ability to notice intensity and understand the tools that you can use when you're in it, acknowledging that you're in it, whether it's process or joy or whatever it is, and then understand thought and then choice and action. So we're practicing it through the body, so it becomes somatic. And then when, for me at least, when I've worked that way, that's when it sticks with me and is able to, I'm able to have a much larger um, point of awareness when I'm out there in the world and then apply those tools as well. Yeah. Do you find that it's fundamentally different in terms of energy if it's a really small group versus a very large group? Big time, yeah. But the people that do smaller groups or group privates, usually they're calling you because they want a specific, um, there's a reason why. There's, Of course, it's great workout. We've done a lot of privates where people just want to have the workout and they actually don't want to 
acknowledge and go into all these things so we can craft it that way too because the physical workout is, is will change everything it's cardio plyometrics strengthening calisthenics um, but the most of the time if you're doing a small group private they know why they're there so they'll bring the energy anyway you know but yeah I mean the collective energy of what goes on with the more people the better yeah that's awesome have you thought about future directions that you want to expand into? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot. I'm not going to tell you yet. It's a secret. Okay. We're behind the scenes. So everyone Burning has to stay tuned. right now. Yeah. I mean, by the by fourth quarter of 2019, it'll all be launching. And it's um, definitely unique and different. And we're going to break into a whole new genre of something. It's not just kind of following the same path of... Um, you know, that we're just going to like stream, that we're just, you know, it's going to be a mashup of a bunch of things. The class is all over Instagram. Do you feel like social media has helped you in establishing yourself and your brand? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, for sure. I, you know, I, the class Instagram um, was really the kind of vision that came through me of the palette that I like. I feel a lot through my eyes. So the color palette and really had a specific point of view because I've always read things and sometimes you're like, try it and you're like, next, you know, or you're like, whoa, and it stops you in your tracks and it makes you think. So the things that glaze over, you know, it's always just like kind of like next and it doesn't, it feels like just kind of this like trite spirituality in a way. Um, so uh, I definitely think the point of view and the messaging of what, what the company ethos is, was it reflected well through the Instagram um and it's really free marketing that said i've been told forever that i don't do it well in terms of <laughs> scaling it like they're like you need to use these hashtags too you gotta use like transformation tuesday like and i'm just like i can't i can't do it so yeah we probably would have access to more people and a larger following if i were to do things in the way that um i'm told to but it has to feel good in order for me to put it out there how did you grow uh, just well, it's all word of mouth. We've never done any marketing. It's all just been word of mouth, literally. Word of mouth and Instagram. A lot of people come in from all over the world, and to our global immersions and our retreats. And, they say, and when when I ask them, uh, they say I found you on Instagram. So it really does have a very far reach. It's amazing. It's made the world so much smaller, right? Like pe- people. Yeah. People from the other side of the globe are like trying to go to your retreats. So tell us a little bit more about the retreats because they look really fun. I don't know yeah. when I'm going on one, but I'm definitely signing up for I'm one. going on the next one and then they're <laughs> going to give me that, that facelift for free that I keep asking for. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> My 40-year-old like facelift. By the way, this is the most stunningly gorgeous person. You don't even need me in any way. <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll trade. We'll trade when we when, when the time comes. Um, so the retreats are uh, every morning you start with, there's a big breakfast with like turmeric tonics and golden lattes and all those things. And I ask people to usually not touch them before they take class, but they're there. And then we do meditation and then we do a long class. It starts with an hour and a half and at the end of the week, they end with three hours. Um, and then after class, it's a big farm to table um, brunch, lunch, and then there's massages and there's afternoon workshops. You can do any of it or none of it. Uh, then restorative practice in the afternoon just to really calm the nervous system and get the body back in um, shape in order to be able to take it off the ground again. Uh, we're working really specifically in the way that 
I do each day. There's a specific design to our teacher training program and how we work the physical, mental, emotional, energetic, spiritual, and it's what we do in, in the retreat is we basically take the arc of one class and we spread it throughout the week. So we spend a lot of time in each different section, which gives people a lot of time to process. And then the um, restorative in the afternoon, then we do it again. And that's pretty much every day. And then by the end, you're just feeling really strong and uh, not just physically, but and clear. And you're able to reflect on how you felt when you walked in, when we leave. And then understanding that all of these things that you did are in the power of your hands to do them and take them home. So we're giving people like a rest from the, the throes of life and, and time to unpack a lot of the anxieties and things that are creating some of these like schisms um, and uh, just feel feel alive again. I feel like I'm not Zen enough to, um, to be there yet. Like I feel like I need to go to a pre-class training class. Oh, there's, there's not a lot of Zen in there. I mean, there's a lot of quiet, but there's like, we are going at it. You know, this it's music-based and it's like, you know, song one, we're just squatting and then like within a minute, the, the music is so loud and we offer up people to make sound if they need. And the sounds like, people write things all the time about the class and they're like, oh, crying and screaming. We're actually not crying and screaming. Sometimes that's an effect. Sometimes people will end up having a release that becomes emotional, but... We're just getting the body cleaned out through movement and breath and then sound. So the sound will sound like you're squatting and the arms are moving back and you're down. Up. The eyes are closed and the song is ripping and then the whole room starts going, ha, ha. Those are the sounds we make. So it's from the guts. It's not like a, you know, yeah. like losing yourself or like disassociating, you know. Um, so you're able to really get this kind of like gnarly, like warrior-like energy going. It's not really zen. And then after we do that for a while, the hands are on the body. You feel your own touch. You close your eyes. You acknowledge thought. You stabilize yourself. You stay embodied. And then we begin again. How awesome. That sounds so cool. Okay, when you were in high school, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? It's oh, an interesting question. You say high school and all of a sudden you just get really triggered about everything. <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't know. At that time, I was playing a lot of sports, so I was always very physical. Um, I definitely thought that I had to have it figured out, and I remember feeling a lot of anxiety around it. I do know that I've always thought I would invent something, like a, a broom or something. I don't know what it was, but I always wanted to invent something, um, and I was always unable to sit still and not get in trouble in school. You know, I had a very hard time in school. I was very feisty and um, not disruptive in a way where I was like nasty or angry, but like I just had a lot of spunk and had a hard time sitting down and I remember getting in a lot of trouble for it, a lot. So I remember thinking there was something really wrong with myself. I remember really kind of, have a, I had a lot of self-loathing because I was unable to self-regulate and I didn't really have a very, um, boundary like family life I had a pretty uh, it was just all over the place and I moved all over the place um I was in four different schools and you know so there's a lot of just movement and I remember thinking there was a lot that was wrong with me which in essence is I think I I was trying to heal myself and in turn ended up helping others heal which is really the work of the class now I'm just holding the space for myself sharing what I'm talking to myself about in that current moment in a vague way and then other people, I think, can, you know, you can feel authenticity. So I think people, it, the work resonates with them because they can feel it's, I'm not like 
do this, do that, like, da 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 It's just like... You're kind of all on the journey together. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I truly believe that I say it all the time that there really is not one human better than another, and if we can start linking up in that space and standing next to each other, understanding, like, I'm here to support your path. I cannot do it for you, but I'm next to you, I'm here. You know, you can, you can or not, like, if, if you believe it, you can or not. That all of that, and I'm here, and feel me, you know, and that's kind of the presence that all of the teachers take. Has, has the class helped you on a personal level go through any struggles or anything like that? Uh, just it, tremendously. I mean, some people, when they know the kind of backstory of what's gone on, um, just for the, of the past, like, two, I want to say three decades, the, the people laugh. Like, I just, it's funny that you're still able to just have this kind of drive because it's been intense behind the scenes, which I'm grateful for. And in no way do I um, point fingers at any of the situations. I really am, uh, I get to the point where I'm very thankful for them because I feel like when you start not doing, uh, you know, this practice where you just try to like let it go or push it out and just say it didn't happen, but you acknowledge it and you use your tools and you allow yourself to feel the impact and, and process efficiently and, and swiftly, um, you're able to thank it. And then when you thank it, it just starts to liquefy a bit, you know, off you and you're not all stuck and trying to armor around the exact thing that you are trying to protect, you know, the heart and the, you know, that's what happens. We get hard because we're mad and you're protecting the thing that you're protecting with the opposite thing that you want, you know? So it's, it's tricky. It's, it's hard. Um, to explain what I was just saying, I hope that made sense. Um, but it's it's transformed everything, and that has, in some ways, has also been very difficult. Are those things that you try to keep more private, or is that stuff that you talk about publicly, like your personal journeys and paths? I talk about personal journeys in a super vague way. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I'm talking about like a human or a thing or an accident or an environment I was in. Um, and I think that's part of the kind of nuanced part of the class is that people can make up their own, uh, they can identify in their own way with what it is because it's spoken about in a vague way. Um, but no, I don't publicly speak about them. I, I think that there's, um, there's a lot about, uh, you know, keeping some things to yourself. I think everybody's so ex- exposing themselves so much these days and not in a way where it's saying, um, I want to share this, or maybe they are, sometimes they are, but it's not always. It's more of like, I'm going to share this story because it'll make me, um, you know, people like me more or make me whatever, fill in the blank. And I think there's something really sacred about keeping some things personal for you, even like to, you know, um, students that come to the class or people that share things with me and the ability to keep that stuff sacred because it's not I'm not telling somebody else because it's validating me it you when you can keep it to yourself you actually have a different type of kind of honor system within yourself and sense of um, like you you can trust yourself you know and I think that's a gift that we don't give ourselves enough how do you protect your personal life being the face of a brand because the class is kind of about everybody and it's about generalities um, that can apply specifically to people but I have noticed this and you know you and I have similar kinds of I mean what we do is very different but you and I have a similar type of situation where you know 
your name is synonymous with your brand, but yet you're a private person. So how do you reconcile those yeah. two things? Um, her name is Alexandra, and she follows me around and tells me to stop talking <laughs> all the time. She's sitting across from us over laughing. Um, it's somewhat of a joke, but I'm actually quite silly in person, and I like to laugh a lot, so I have a tendency to overshare. Uh, no, so, and you have to have... Actually, I'm yeah. so glad that you brought up Alexandra, yeah. because you have to tell us your secrets, and this is like a good life hack. Yeah. Well, Taryn has Alexandra, and Alexandra <laughs> is like protecting her and helping her. <laughs> she is. I mean, I get a lot of looks. And we used to have another girl that worked with me um, who's no longer with us that used to do a little bit of Alexandra's work. And my, my old business partner, Becky Wright, who I love and adore, she's still a super big part of the family in the class, um, used to be the same. But, you know, I start to learn that people are not always kind and they may want to be around you. And, th- and I think I'm safe because... My intentions are always pure and good in the way that I'm speaking about myself. I'm not sharing about someone else. I'm not talking about someone else. I'm talking about myself. And then what I have found through doing is that I'll do that and then somebody takes that and I'll go and start a gossip circle or something. So I've had to learn by skinning my own knees and be like, all right, you know, and sometimes I'll look over and Alexandra will be looking at me and be like, T, you shut it down. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, but I like to share because it's fun and we laugh and the whole culture in my, in the office is like, we get it done, but with a, it's a, with a lot of love, a lot of check-ins with each other. And there is so much laughter in that office because you have to take things lightly, but also understand that people um, are not always who they appear they are. And that is where a little bit of a kind of sadness comes in for me, that you have to really have a bit of an armor up. But that's also like just also attunement and a certain level of EI, you know, knowing when and how to say things. Yeah, and that's just like adulting. You know, not everybody's exactly what they seem. Not every situation is exactly what it seems. Totally. Yeah, and like to have my own check-in points, to know that... I will say to my, myself, I'm going into this situation, T, these are the things that you should not talk about. I will like talk to myself before, because I just sometimes when I'm going, I just become an open book around some things, and I'm very sacred around certain things, but other things when it comes to myself, I share a lot, and I've had to learn not to. So I'll just have a little talk with myself before. This is, this is the environment you're going into. This is probably like the ego you need to put on right now, you know, and we talk about ego, like not ego in the way we think about it, but like the identification tool, you know, in the ego of your, of being a mother, in the ego of being a leader, of a mentor, you know. So I have to remember that sometimes, um, especially with some people that work for me that haven't known me as long, that um, I have to be a bit, a bit more buttoned up because they look at me yeah, of course. as a boss and I forget. And, you know. How many people work for you? We have 17 full-time employees and 18 teachers. Wow, that's amazing. And how many locations? Uh, New York, we're in LA, uh, we have some pop-ups in Miami, and we're in Vancouver. Amazing. We're in the middle of opening our second studio in New York. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, how, how do you find being a mother, but also an entrepreneur, and also a public figure, and how do you wear those different hats? Um, that's a good question because they all kind of somewhat blend into one, you know, in at times. And then because of that, I have to really like step in the front door, put my phone down, kick my shoes off and like get down with my kids and just literally push yourself into that lane or understanding, you know, the public figure thing is, is interesting because 
the 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 class it was always the class piece through strength and then when my business partner came on we had a collective decision to make it by Taryn to me which I want would like to take off now um, but so it's hard for me when you say public figure because I still don't view myself as that which is weird because why would I that that might be part of the like schism of thinking that I could go out there and just be like Wee! like this is who I am you know I forget that there is like a shift that has happened in my life and because it was so slow and so organic it takes a while for like your psyche to catch up with the change you know um so it's just i try to stay you know with my hands in the soil um authentic humble kind and you know use all the things that i teach in life um and in class in life which is just to stay present to support your brothers and sisters and you know to to as as much as humanly possible to try to notice judgment when it comes in and just settle back in and hold space for people. So, do you ever wish you could go back to the time when you were le- you were more of a private figure? Um, I feel pretty fulfilled right now because I'm doing work that's helping people. So, I don't awesome. really. I was in a lot of pain for a really, 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 really long time. Um, and you know, I'm still am. Who's not in pain? But it's just a different awareness around it. And a different level of understanding that yeah, I also have so much celebration and joy. Um, and that's really dramatically shifted for me over the past couple of years. So I'm super grateful for the practice because of that. Yeah. That's really great. Um, in terms of being um, in this space of wellness, do you have any advice for people who maybe are not yet ready to go to the class, but who want to take some steps on their own personal journey to like feeling a little bit more fit, more fulfilled, more centered. Yeah. Um, step one for me is grab a buddy. Like if you're not into working out or you don't know how to meditate, I'm sure you have 50 friends that do, you know, so go toward that person that you know you resonate with and has just good vibes and a good feeling around what, what it is that they practice and they probably have some sort of workout regimen of something that would resonate with you as well um, and ask them to take you along. Or for me, I say, you know, how do you start? You start. And that, you know, we procrastinate our own healing with all these excuses all the time and just notice it as that and just start, you know. And so for me, you know, music is a huge driver. So if somebody needs help getting to the gym, I would say sit down in front of your computer and put on like five or ten of your favorite songs to get you going. And when you don't want to go move your body, just say, I don't want to go put my body, put your music on, tie your laces up and just start moving. And usually that opens up into something that's like, you end up feeling so good at the end. And commit, you know, you need like a week or ten days or two weeks of something where you put it in your calendar and you just do it every day. It's like you're working a new muscle, one that's not just physical. You have to build a habit, right? It takes like 10 days to build a habit or whatever. Totally. So find a friend, put a really good playlist on, and then just put a timeline on it and just do it. You know, you have to use some discipline and some fortitude around these things. What would you do if you weren't in this career path? Well, I worked in corporate fashion. I worked at Ralph Lauren for a bunch of years and I went to Dior for a bit. I would probably still be at Ralph Lauren um, honestly, I love that company so much. And I was an account executive when I left, which meant I was sitting there in spreadsheets all day long, working with buyers during market. And um, if I had been 
put in the lane that I really wanted to go into, which was more of design and the creative side, I probably would have never left. I just felt really unfulfilled. I mean, I say that, there was definitely like, I feel like this thing burned through me and I had no choice but to be like, okay, and like I signed this contract with the universe that was like, I will do this work, you know? So I say I'd probably still be at Ralph Lauren, but who knows? I mean, I think this thing would have found me somewhere or the other. How did you decide when the appropriate time was for you to leave Ralph Lauren to start the class? Um, did you wait for it to be profitable or did you wait to like have a safety oh net? Oh no, I was teaching yoga when I first started. Um, so I had left Ralph Lauren, went to Dior, was miserable at Dior. I was there for about six months. And then a teacher that I, my teacher's teacher was doing a teacher training program for one month. And I was like, you know what, now's the time. And I thought I was going to do that training program and then go back to see if I can get, go back to Ralph Lauren. And um, I just was like, okay, this was an amazing month. And then teaching is such a conundrum because you have to teach to learn to teach. So I started trying to teach. I couldn't even ohm. I would be so psyched when people wouldn't show up to class. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> you know, I couldn't even get it out. But I just kept going, you know. It's the same thing with the class. There's something in me that just said, keep going, keep going. Um, and then um, I just started building it from there. And I, I spent a bunch of time down in Peru with this woman, Mama Kia, which is really how the class started. Um, she was really the first pass at what a mother felt like for me in some ways. She died and I was dealing with some extreme grief from her death. And I started teaching the class um, and we would just send the money for the first two years back to her kids that she uh, left behind. She had created a children's home down there. Uh, in Peru, she was an American woman. And that was really how it started. So it was just, I was teaching yoga and then I was hit by this grief and I really loved community and I was teaching, you know, it's a longer story and I could talk about that forever. But anyway, um, they kind of found me, you know? And I just listened, I listened to this dull ache inside me that was like, just keep going, you know? I, I don't know what it is. It's intuition, it's wisdom, it's either spiritual self, I don't know. But it, there's a message in there. We all have it. When did you realize that the class could be an actual business, like an, an actual real-world business? Um, about two years after when I decided to move it over to this kids' dance factory, um, and I gave it the name The Class, I did a website with my friend Jamie Baird, who is the most incredible photographer. Um, at the time, she was uh, photographing mostly like families and kids, and I was like, hey, I just have this idea. We threw the website together in like a day. And I threw up a mind-body thing, and then the classes just sold out right away. So I, I would have three a week, and they were all sold out. And I thought, like, this is it. This is, this is all I need. I need to teach three classes a week and, like, you know, have a little business going. And then slowly it started building, and I, I trained another teacher and another teacher and another teacher. And people really resisted the idea that I thought that I could scale this into other teachers and for it to be a method. Um, they were like, is, this is just you. And I just knew it wasn't. I knew it was going to be a heavy lift to figure out how to train people in it. Um, it takes a very unique person to understand how to teach it because it's you're embodying the work and then allowing it to come through you as opposed to instructing cue. And I think that's the difference that people feel in class. Um, so that takes a certain type of person to understand that. But, I mean, it's been super successful. I'm... I, I'm 15% of class revenue now, so it shows that we were able to make it into, um, you know, more of a method as opposed to just a brand of personality. Uh, so I don't know when the moment was, 
but I'm shocked every day and everybody in the office will tell you I walk in every day and I'm still like, where did you people come from? And I want to like grip my hands around everything and be like, please don't ever let this like go away. Like, it's just this community and this work and this like, like we're on a mission, you know? And like, it's just, I just still can't believe it's happening, you know, that I get to share and help people find a, you know a place where they feel more fulfilled and like the messages we get and the words we get like I don't know any better way to allow yourself to heal than to help others it's just so fulfilling um so anyway I don't know if I answered your question I could just go on tangents for hours no obviously. I loved it well I feel like I could talk to you all day but we do have to wrap up I wanted to close by asking you the last question that I like to ask all of the guests on the podcast which is you know, you work, in, you're a beautiful person yourself. You've worked in fields related to beauty, like fashion and fitness and wellness and health. Um, so what does beauty mean to you? Mm. Beauty, not in, the, not in the way that you look. It's in the way that you feel, you know? And I don't necessarily just mean you, the way you feel. I mean, like, in the way that one feels like when you're in their kind of field, you know, it's like their spirit that you see and that you feel. Um, for me, that's beauty. That's so nice. Thank you so much. This was amazing. And everybody, check out the class. Where can everyone find you? You can go to theclass.com. <laughs> All right. That's a good URL. Yeah. It's really tarantumi.com, but I don't like to say it. Theclass.com will bring you there. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you found theclass.com. Oh, I bought it from someone that didn't know I was buying it. Yeah. Probably pricey. All right. Yeah. Thanks.